podcast everybody we are reborn as new hosts over there we got morgan beard and over there we got rob zaleske that's right we're coming at you uh almost live in this episode (laughs) (laughs) this podcast will be released very shortly after it's recorded (laughs) that's not quite live but the livest we've ever eight months pregnant maybe where do you think life begins morgan Conception. Moving on. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this this episode coming at Just you kidding. about to come. Yeah. <laughs> Our jizz will be hitting your eardrums <laughs> yeah. very shortly. Yeah. Good. Now that we've gotten rid of all the uncool audience, whoever's still with us, <laughs> we got a juicy one for you today. Fuck yeah. Tell them yeah. why it's going to be so juicy. Oh, well, because Rob picked the questions and Rob's a better uh... question picker than Morgan. I was going to say because <laughs> we're both like tired and raw and who knows what could uh, come out. Sure. But yeah, that why, too. Why Rob's a much better question <laughs> no, picker. I was just being a dick. I know. <laughs> you know what? Not a dick. I don't want to demonize male sexuality like that. Rob was being rude. And that has nothing. But that's it. <laughs> it has nothing to do with whether you have a dick or a puss yeah. or just a butt. If you're one of those people yeah. who just has a butt. Yeah. And if you're a Kendall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kendall doesn't even have a hole in his butt though, does he? No. What's... What's the doll? Not a like real doll. That has a butthole? Yeah. Is there a doll? Does Tickle Me Elmo has a big butthole that you can fist, <laughs> right? Well, any puppet, really. Puppets. <laughs> if you're into buttholes and dolls, you love puppets. Because <laughs> the whole thing is about exploring that doll's butthole. <laughs> and using that exploration to manipulate everything they say yeah, and do. <laughs> exactly. So if you're a dom who likes buttholes. Yeah. Boy, do I have a toy for you. You should be into puppets. I think it's safe to say that anyone who's into puppets also likes those three sexual things. Absolutely, with one hundred percent certainty, the Venn diagram mm-hmm. is one unified circle. Yep. Uh, wasn't Case the closed. guy? Wasn't, <laughs> no, wasn't the guy who was doing Elmo for a while? Me too. Oh, I have no. They had like idea. a documentary about him, and then they pulled it or something. Oh. I think they replaced Elmo, <gasps> Elmo's puppeteer. Oh wow. Because he had some type of sexual misconduct. But I hate just making a like blanket statement like that. Of, of what, the puppets, people who P- are into puppet puppetry. Be- puppet people. <laughs> Have you ever seen Puppetry of the Penis? <laughs> no. It's these two guys. It's like a Broadway show. Okay. These two Australian dudes come out and do all these different like uh, poses of their dicks, basically. Like one huh. is wrap it over the wrist, and that's the wristwatch. And they act like they're checking the time. but they're Actually, actually with their dicks. Yeah. How yeah. long is this show? How uh, long could it possibly uh, probably be? Probably eight inches soft. <laughs> a rare stinker from Rob. <laughs> yeah. Extreme mist. How long is the show? Like an hour. Oh, yeah. They have I mean, the I Eiffel can't. Tower, they have the hamburger, oh. they have the hot dog. Okay, what it's, would you it's do? It's using the testicles, too. I don't know. What would be trick. your signature move? No? I don't know. The lady, the tuck. The lady. <laughs> um, what about the pool cue? <laughs> And the chalk. I hit on this lesbian the other night. Uh-huh. Tell me about <laughs> it. And she was like, oh, no, I'm not into uh, boys. And I was like, I could just tuck it between my legs. And we could what, just a, uh, what a boy thing. Let me just solve this by eliminating my penis. That does not do it. There are so many more problems than just that. Yeah. I feel like guys always try to do that. We were just talking about this, something, gay or straight. Yes, but let me just point out something. There's a difference between lesbians and gay men in Please. my experience. There are some, for sure. I'm not trying to insinuate <laughs> there are not. No, there are plenty. Like, <laughs> there are a lot of lesbians who 
become lesbians after unpleasant experiences with men. And there are not a lot of gay men that are becoming gay because of negative experiences with women. Or not because of okay, them necessarily. Okay, let's unpack but, that. Yeah. Okay. Why do you think that is? Um, men are more violent and potentially uh, threatening. Yeah, physically. Like that would push them that, like, over the Like edge. you can develop a trigger of like, oh, just being around a person who reminds me of my abuser in that way, I feel powerless and I just feel safer with women at a certain point. Sure, but you're not saying lesbianism is a product of raw, like uh, rough male sexuality, or are you? Sometimes. Okay. I, th I think uh, the person's behavior, like, okay, I think that um, everyone is probably somewhat bisexual, and women are m more, for a Flexible, number of reasons, fluid. more, yeah, more able yeah. to tap into their bisexuality and find other women attractive, right. and so women who may be more in the straight direction genetically or, or from birth um, after having extremely negative experiences with men, I think may find it easier to like just tap into the attraction to women that they have and, and reject men. Do you think that homosexuality is a choice? I think a person's expression is a choice, not the desire, but like is being closeted a choice. Yeah. Hmm. Do you not? Right. Right. I mean, I, I think nothing um, is a choice. Like, base, blanket <laughs> statement, free will doesn't right. exist. But in the range of talking about things like that, like, a person can decide whether, like, you can be gay and never um, express desire to another person of your gender and then never yeah. have a gay experience. Yeah. Um, that is a choice that you can make of, like, whether you're behaving, but I do think acting there is, upon your feelings. But I do think that who you're attracted to in a lot of ways is, like, an innate process. Or at least something that's formed by very early experience that you don't have a choice over necessarily. I agree. Um, okay. I think it in noticing my own range of attraction expand. Yeah. I think that later experiences like that maybe everyone's attracted to everyone except we have these uh, ideas that can be scrubbed away. Like mm -hmm. everyone could be attractive if we didn't hold prejudices or certain um, disqualifiers. And as you chip away at those, more and more types of people become attractive to you. Yeah. But like the baseline is, oh, if it's another human being, I am drawn to them. I think and it we put really, up walls over time. Yeah, well, I think it depends on the availability of like uh, people that you are attracted to. Like if yes. there are very yeah, few people on in the room. <laughs> yeah, no, like if you grew up on an island, like say yeah. the the Wonder Woman yeah. scenario of like you grow up on an island with only women. <laughs> yeah, everyone's gonna be a lesbian. People are. If you've never seen a man, you're not gonna be thinking like, oh, I need some dick. Pussy's gross. Like that's if that's all you've seen. Then I assume that your sexual attraction, like the, the innate desire well, in you, just gets projected onto whatever is available to you. It's like mm -hmm. prison gay. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, you might prefer a different type outside of that but if you're never exposed to it like you know if if my thing is that i really like tall asian women or something and i've never seen one how is that my thing it's just it's <laughs> not gonna be my thing well i think it, it also depends on uh your relationship with yourself like if you really like the qualities about yourself you're more likely to be attracted to someone who shares that versus if you uh are in more of a self-loathing place or you yeah you're more reactive against the things about you that you don't like you're going to pursue someone who's more opposite sure. so i think that that applies in terms of exoticism being attractive 
Sorry, you're going to seek somebody who's more opposite of you if you don't like things about yourself? Yeah, I would say so. Or the qualities that you do like about yourself, you might look for those to be mirrored in your partner. And the qualities that you don't like about yourself, you may look for those to be the opposite. Mm. I mean, it can also swing on different relationships, like not just your relationship with yourself, but your relationship with your opposite sex parent or maybe your same sex parent. Gotcha. Or your sibling. I thought you were going down a, a self-verification uh, theory road. Where, like, we can. We can. We can. I thought that's what you were saying, so I lost it halfway, halfway through. About, um, but I think I get it now. Like if yeah, if I was if saying I just you might like be my a, laziness, yeah. I want someone who's industrious to be my yes. partner. But what I was saying specifically about you being attracted to tall Asian women, like uh, if you are short and not Asian. Yeah, what's the opposite were... of Asian? <laughs> Non-Asian. Yeah. <laughs> okay, safe. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Rob. What's, what's the opposite of Asian? What do you think? I asked you first. I'll tell you my answer. I said non-Asian. I, I gave my answer. I'm done. I'm checked out of this. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I'm walking the zip black. Okay. Yeah. There you go. We were all thinking it. Sure. I don't know if Asian and black are opposite. I I don't necessarily think that they are. Mm. You mean in terms of like just two races that you see as most different? Or like they're categorical opposites? Because I don't think they're categorical (laughs) opposites. Like I don't think that and then like what yeah. white people and Native Americans are the opposites. Yeah. Yeah. Actually that checks out. I think that's right. <laughs> I think no one would disagree. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think it's like Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, cool. So, so maybe we should North, South, East, West. Oh. You know, what's the opposite of West, East? I don't know. I think you can also look like at the migration of humans and try and figure like right. what's the what's the farthest split or the least intermingling between these populations, and you could do it that way. But okay, so then I, I would think like Nordic, very light, fair skinned in all categories, yeah, would the be the opposite from, from African. Oh, it's farther from African. Who has uh, dark, lots yeah. of like you know, dark skin. The dark. thing about. What I learned in my ninth grade world history class, shout out to uh, Mr. Mambu, was... uh, (laughs) Mambu number five. (laughs) Mambu number one in our hearts. Um, (laughs) was uh, The thing I learned was that there is more genetic diversity between two African people than... You knew this already? No, no, just I'm feeling what you're saying. There's more genetic diversity in difference between two Africans than two people from any other random places in the world. Like, than from a Native American and a a European person. That's fascinating. Yeah, it's like one group of people left Africa and spread throughout the rest of the world. And that was like a certain set of genes. But then yeah. a lot of people stayed in Africa and developed more diversity and then evolved in different directions. So he was like trying to argue against the racist idea that like all black people are the same or have sure. similar looks or something. He's like, yeah. actually on that continent, genetically, there's far more difference in facial features, height, and other like measurable yeah. things that come from your genetics than even like um, a Chinese person and an Argentinian person or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I'm always fascinated by how much DNA we share with shit like a fucking dandelion. It's like, oh, we share like fucking 80% of DNA yeah, with like something like, that looks it's like nothing 50% like us. With the I know, but I mean, I'm just, just fucking making shit yeah, up. Yeah, that's just like saying that the letters are the same though in different languages. Just because we're using the same alphabet, mm. even because if the words the same, are totally like, unrecognizable. It's all carbon and shit. Yeah, I think yeah. that a lot of DNA is just figuring out like how to do the basic building blocks of yeah. growth or... Either. 
Yeah. I don't know, I don't know what plants fair. do. But. All the other functions. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the like characteristics of something that has life and it had to be like yeah. a certain number of things? That always fascinated me. What do you, do you remember what they are? Uh, one of them was like growth, right? Yeah, I think it's. Boy, I really don't know. It's got to be able to <laughs> either move or grow. Yeah, right, right. Or maybe both. Yeah. Movement can be slow, but it has to be able to. Yeah. I think it needs to react to the environment. That sounds great. That sounds right. Let's sounds say um, eat or somehow get energy, like from yeah. somehow absorb energy. I think reproduce. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to die. I learned. Oh, because I questioned that. And uh, who gets to be immortal in Doc Mallow's ninth grade bio class? Uh, Mallow and Mumbo. Mallow and Mambu were two Mambu. of the <laughs> two of the the three OGs. The premier teachers. Seriously, they had a great lineup when you first got to high school. It was wow. like, wow, you're hitting us with the heavy hitters, and then you're going to slack for the next three years. But mm. freshman year, you get some good shit. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Doc Mallow in ninth grade bio, I remember asking him, doesn't, uh, isn't a condition of something being alive that it has to be able to die. And, uh, he was like, no, some cells, some like bacteria will just divide over and over again. And they, they're not really dying. They've just continued dividing and there's not a death of the original. There's just two new ones now. Do you think that there is either a literal or figurative parallel between that and what happens with human life? Uh, that like when you die, you split off and... Yeah, or your energy somehow changes forms, gets recycled. Yes, but only in a literal sense. Well, no, I, I also think your memories impact the people who knew you and like you've changed mm. the way that they live, so you do live on in a figurative sense through them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the, I think that you may be tempting me down a road of saying that like oh, your I'm soul tempted. energy inhabits a crystal that someone can wear around their neck and then they'll start oh, no, 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 something no, no. like something <laughs> like some immaterial supernatural soul concept that I don't believe in. I think the closest thing uh-huh. to a soul is like the memories that people have of you mm. and even the unconscious memories of the ways that like they now walk a little bit more like you because you went on a long walking trip together and they don't notice that, but like hmm. their gait is a bit different or their laugh is a mirror of yours. Um, Interesting. That's what I think the closest thing to soul is. I don't think that there's like a, a translucent ghost that floats out of the body or anything similar to that, like a smoke that could inhabit another being and then like they could remember things that you I'm did. somewhere between that and something less like that. <laughs> I don't think it's like smoke oh. that you can see that just like yeah. someone else sniffs into yeah, their nostrils yeah. and then they're both of you, you know, yeah. like, yes. but, um, Good. I was hoping you didn't think yeah, that. Yeah. No, that would cause, call some things really into question. Yeah. Um, but I do believe in reincarnation mm-hmm. and the, to me that necessitates a soul of that kind. Yeah. That I don't believe in. Yeah. I get it. I know that you don't. Um, anyway, uh, should we touch on anything else before we dive right in? I think that was a good intro. We pretty much touched on everything. We touched on a lot of private places. <laughs> I think it was a pretty raunchy start. Could you show me on this doll? <laughs> show you on this doll? Um, you know, like in a, in a, uh, oh, psychologist. this doll. Yeah. What did you think I said? The stall. Oh yeah. Show me on the stall. <laughs> like no, yeah, you go yeah, to the yeah. bathroom. Oh <laughs> no, 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 no. Like in a court case or like okay. a psychologist's office is like, I show me it. where he touched you. On the doll. And I'm assuming it's a he cause rude dudes be rude. 
Well, we're trying to disentangle that from. I'm trying to tangle it right up. I'm trying to tie it into a bow. Yeah, I just double uh, knot. If you if you keep <laughs> telling men that that's what they are, then I'm just kidding. That's like what they're gonna be. I got you, but like <laughs> I don't. I think I give men a lot of credit. I think you I do. give men in my life way too much credit. Yeah, of anything, do. you do. You need to up your <laughs> feminist credo, is what me and the other girls have been saying. To be honest, we're like Morgan is like abandoning us. Like, have you heard her on that podcast? Like, wow. <laughs> She even talks like a guy. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Not the first deep voice joke I've heard. Lightning round. Electric guitar. What has gotten you through the hardest time in your life? I'm going through a very difficult, dark time in my life. What has helped you get through dark times? This is from Brianna Mignon. Well, Ms. Mignon, I wish you were a little more specific. Um, but... Uh, about what? what what the hard times that you're hard. dealing with yeah. um because then i could give you more specific advice this is really However, just a personal question it doesn't sound like she's asking for her situation she wants to know I what's see. helped you oh maybe it'll, maybe she'll oh she wants to use that about around. me it seems like she's interested in you yeah specifically me oh my yeah, god yeah she's also kind of anti-feminist <laughs> <laughs> she just really relates to you all right. Yeah. Since since I'm your number one role model, I'll let you in on some mm. of these things that have helped me get through hard times. Um, well, first, I think it would be uh, important for me to say that the nature of my hardest times have been due to depression. Um, I have chronic depression that goes between you know mild, moderate, sometimes severe, um, and long and short moments of uh, suicidal ideation. And honestly, it's been something different every time. Sometimes it's knowing that I have certain relationships, people that care about me, people that want me to continue to go on, people that rely on me for things, people that I can go to for emotional support or just to be there with me physically and help me pass the time while I'm feeling these difficult feelings. Sometimes it is faith in myself that I've gotten through times that are this hard before or even harder, depending on the context. Mm -hmm. So it's a, an understanding that I've persisted through a lot of shit and it stands to reason that I will continue to persist through a lot of shit. And it's buying into that sense, even when you doubt it, that you have this internal strength. Um, what else? I, actually, those are, those are two pretty important ones that I'll just let out there as my number one and number two answers respectively and, see what you have to say before I tinker with the second tier. Yeah. Uh, the question is what has gotten you through the hardest time in your life? I think, um, hope for a specific, better future, yeah. the belief that things can get better and the ability to imagine how they might, even if it's a small incremental way. And then I think what's really done it is accepting responsibility for something that I care even a little bit about. Mm. Um, whether that's helping another person that I care about that I know is struggling mm -hmm. and feeling like, okay, nobody else is doing that. This is my responsibility to help them. So having a that purpose be, or more of a duty? Um, I think they're the same. Just like it depends on the taste it leaves in your mouth. <laughs> but the, those, are, those are the same. Duty's thing. a little saltier. Duty tastes like duty. <laughs> Whereas purpose, mm, tastes like purpose. <laughs> I'm sure we can all feel what that tastes like in our mouths right yeah, now. Like yeah. frozen yogurt kind of pudding. 
Yeah, like uh, tapioca. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, with the little balls in them. Yeah. Like like original boba. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to answer this question that's actually like pretty deep and kind of a weird pick, Morgan, for the lightning round. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, you're right. I really aired there. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll talk about it for then. Maybe you let me pick the next one. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> I probably will. Okay, good. Uh, do you agree. have more things to say? Because I can jump in. Oh, you got some shit. I got some shit. I was piling up some shit while you were pooping there. Yeah. Okay. I think um, relationships with other people that you care about, like right, that's the big thing, and especially people that are under you in some way, taking yeah. care of someone that needs you. Like then, you have a need to be needed if you're like almost everybody. <laughs> and that yeah. uh, if you fulfill that and you take responsibility and accept like, okay, I'm responsible for this person's well-being on this one dimension or helping yeah. them get this one thing, then that can bring you out of a dark place. Yeah. I think uh, if it, go ahead, you say yours. Okay. I'll just do it. I'll yeah, just go right ahead. Um, second tier answers are two things. Number one of the second tier uh, would also be, checking in with my other values and doing something to further my uh, pursuit of those values. Like if I'm feeling really shitty and I'm having a really hard time, sometimes I can just kind of put that aside and be like, you know what? I also really value learning something new. And Mm -hmm. so I'll channel my energy into some other pursuit that aligns with higher values. Um, Because I think having that touch point of, okay, well, what brings – Kind of like you said, what brings me that purpose? What feels like a worthwhile pursuit even when I feel like I might not make it to the next week where I can reap the benefits of this thing? Um, Collecting some kind of knowledge, building some kind of relationship, uh, improving my space. Um, I I don't know. Whatever other fucking values I have (laughs) can't think of right now. I think this is going to come up in the main question too. So I don't want you to entirely blow your load on this. I think Brianna should be encouraged to listen through the whole episode. Fuck yeah, At the beginning, we've got got some great content. Yeah. At the end, we got some great content. And your portion, of course, is great content. Um, And so the last thing that I would say is just along along similar lines is just distract yourself. Mm. Just acknowledge that whatever is hard right now you may not even be able to take action related to it to improve those circumstances. Mm. So sometimes all you can do is like create an alternate sensation, like go take a shower, do something that feels good. The argument good. for escapism in limited quantities. Yes. Escapism when there's nothing you can do to move the needle on the thing that you want to escape from and it's just too painful. You're kind of banging your head against the wall with mm. it and it would be better to just put it down, do something else that feels easy or pleasurable can or just Can you give an survivable. example of an escape for you? Yeah, like I said, like taking a shower okay. or watching a movie. Um, or you How know, do you know that you're watching too many movies? Is that possible? I'm not much of a, mo- a movie watcher. I really only watch them when I'm depressed. Sure. So <laughs> let's let's take Going a more common escape like alcohol. Okay. So something that's inherently potentially dangerous physically, you mean? Uh, yeah. Or, uh, I don't know, social media addiction or like there's plenty of escapes that we know lots of people that use yeah. and you're picking things that are pretty tame and like people yeah. don't actually use that much, I think. Like, sure. Or, so how do you know sure. when you're using that you're escaped too Something much? Something like that too much. Yeah. I think it is still good advice. Like you can yeah. drink sometimes and that will help with a problem sometimes if you're doing it in a way that is yeah. not. Um, I I guess one thing I want to say, uh, to kind of finish up the point I was making before I address this is that I had this therapist at Duke who gave me this sheet 
uh, this handout. It was called like the distress tolerance handout. And it was literally like a list of things that you can do to just have a different sensory experience, like mm. touch something cold, touch something hot, touch something soft, uh, get a massage, call a friend to chat. Do just, two push-ups, brush your teeth. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Things that will just kind of flip you into being in more of a, more of your physical body yeah. and less in your head and just experience a sensation. Oh yeah. Exercise. I forgot that's got me yeah. through the darkest times. Definitely. Yeah. But so there's also over-exercising. Sure. Um, so it's like, how do you know that it's in excess? Um, if it, if the problem that is created by an overuse of the distraction then outweighs the original problem, mm-hmm. because I think that there all are things all like we're depression. doing is trading in problems for slightly less destructive problems until yeah. we trade up to something. Yeah. That's but sometimes positive. that's okay. Yeah. Like, no, I, I'm just, yeah. I think that's a great, cynical way yeah. of finding beauty in the world well it's sort of like a harm reduction method mm-hmm. of being like okay well if, you know you're gonna do something bad for you because you feel kind of shitty but like you might as well you're you you gotta participate in something destructive slightly um in order to reduce the damage that could come from doing something else more that was a really fucking terrible explanation hey you're doing okay <laughs> thank you um because harm reduction is its own concept within like substance abuse but perfect segue what's the next question sounds like the storm's coming in all right (laughs) uh mosquitoes and me by alpha argonian 182 this sounds like it's going to be a poem right so it's (laughs) 1 51 a.m as i post this and i'm struggling to get to sleep why it's because of that loving serene buzz of the damned female Mm. mosquitoes Specifically females? This one particular individual isn't choosing to land. I can't seem to find it. Any tips? I've tried luring it with my iPhone's light. Um, Also, more importantly, I've ended up developing a knee-jerk slash trigger reaction, so to speak, whenever I hear the sound of a mosquito wing buzz. I don't know how to explain it properly. I get very angry, (laughs) very agitated, and I have to get out of bed and find the damned insect. I can't sleep until I know they're all dead. Any ideas on why this is happening and how to deal with it? Whoa. <laughs> the dramatic reading really changed the tone of this one midway you think through. So? I do. I think it became very <laughs> dire suddenly. Um, well, he was like, also, more important. Yeah, yeah. I took that as a cue. If I was highlighting yeah. this and writing my beats out like an actor, I would have definitely put a beat there. <laughs> like, yeah. wait a second, tone shift. <laughs> this isn't about what I thought it was about initially. <laughs> yeah. So... What do you do? What do you do? You get that a lot if someone's asking you for an advice with a superficial problem, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, actually, actually, this is a huge trend, and it's not just this one thing, and it's not about that at all." Yeah, Uh, yeah, where someone only feels comfortable saying a more sort of superficial Mm -hmm. problem, and then that that comfort leads them into what they really want to talk about. Absolutely, man, mosquitoes really bother me. My dad was never there. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. Uh, So along the lines of mosquitoes i've had a lot of trips or uh i don't know trips is a good enough word i'll leave it at that where there have been mosquitoes at night mosquitoes were a problem mosquitoes were a problem not of the cousin variety right so what we had to do (laughs) was before we went to bed we would go on killing sprees and we would find all the ones that were around and kill them kill them before we well we didn't do that we there was one swatter what'd you do uh so a lot of times they would be on the ceiling Okay. And so they weren't regularly reachable 
just standing human height. So this is when I was studying abroad and in Italy and we were in these like villas and there were just mosquitoes on the walls just waiting for us to go to sleep mm. so they could feast. And we figured started figuring this out because we would wake up in the morning with like a million bites yeah. and then, you know, there's they have our blood in them. Um so you so could taste it when you ate them. What we would do yes, exactly. So what we would do is stand on the bed. Uh, my friend Lindsay would stand on the bed holding her raincoat and just look really nonchalant, but be standing right underneath the mosquito and then just suddenly which like whip it to the ceiling um and just it would splatter everywhere and it was unsuspecting because her motion was so quick yeah oh it was the most fun shit of all time okay. we had so much fun with this so bring in a friend be statuesque and then be lightning fast faster than the mosquitoes are not as quick as flies in getting away like a housefly yeah. can yeah. dodge you much better than a mosquito totally mosquitoes weighed down by all that blood are all full. Sure. What I hate about swatting a mosquito on myself is then I get a puddle of blood where it was, and I'm like, ooh, whose blood is that? Everybody's. <laughs> yeah, it's a real danger. Right. Um. All right. So that that covers how do you actually kill the mosquitoes? So the next yeah. part is like, how do so you deal with this? So the knee jerk trigger the reaction, uh, the kind of, I'm not going to diagnose this person with OCD, but. <laughs> But it's out OCD. there. <laughs> um, earplugs is, would be one way. Ear, earplugs and maybe like an eye mask. Because mm. I know that like the most annoying part for me of a bug being around is being able to hear that buzzing and, and feel like they're going to penetrate your orifices. So if you have those things mm. covered, like your ears and your eyes. You fuck your ears. You, yeah. They're, they fucking get in there and they're like, <laughs> and it feels like they're right on your brain. Yeah, it's ew. awful. It's annoying. Gross. So if you just, if you can prevent yourself from even hearing yeah. those stimuli, then you can just relax a little more and just go to sleep. And mm -hmm. it can be hard to fall asleep knowing that they're out there, but I think reducing the your your immediate sensation of their presence can at least let you forget about it long enough to go to sleep. I've got another one. Please. You, if you have a loving partner, you can ask them to help you by imitating the mosquito sounds so that you re train yourself to associate that kind of buzzing and ear stuff with like, oh, this person who loves me. So you'll feel that and most of the time think it's them. And the few times that it is a mosquito, you'll still just think of them and you won't then get Then you'll so just angry. come. You'll just come. Immediately. <laughs> the mosquito will drink that instead of your blood and you won't have bug bites. Uh, pew, pew, lightning round continuing. Um, how can I make my voice seem more motivated? Ooh. Asks Electro Snout. <laughs> I want to start streaming, but I have such a monotone voice that huh. sounds like it cares about absolutely nothing. <laughs> and that's no fun to listen to. So mm. how do I fix that? That's a great question. Yeah. Uh, I think that you would probably have more to say about this oh, than I would. So you. I think you should yeah, start okay. and I'll add anything that I feel like crosses my mind. Yeah. I want to specifically advocate for... Um, this, I recommend this YouTube channel called Charisma on Command. They have an episode on using dynamics in your voice where they mm. analyze Neil deGrasse Tyson and the way that he gets very small and then very big <laughs> and uses pauses. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's great. That makes it really interesting. Yeah. It draws you in yeah. the way that he speaks really rapidly for a second and then draws it out. Yeah. It's not the same pacing really and it's not dynamic. the same volume. Um, I think that you could just do an impression of these people, like practice, watch a video of him speaking. And every time he says a line, say it back 
as closely as you can to how he does it. And it'll be kind of fun. Like it'll be your own spin on it. You won't sound exactly like him, but then you can just practice using those techniques, uh, start weaving them into conversations like playfully, and maybe it'll sound silly at first, but then you may actually naturally uh, integrate those tools into your speech kit. Yeah, that's an amazing answer. The only thing I would want to add is you could... Since the the fear is specifically around being monotone, mm-hmm. you could practice singing and yeah. the natural changes mm-hmm. in the melody of your voice. And how do we do 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 do? And kind of bringing a, bringing a little bit of that fluctuation in mm-hmm. there, and yeah, going high and low and stretching certain things out and yeah. then holding it down. It makes it more interesting. And then you can kind of practice merging that sing song equality into your speaking voice. Could be wrong, Electra Snout. Don't know you, but <laughs> I wonder if uh, there's a relationship between people who speak in a monotonous way and use monotones and people who um, don't find emotional changes acceptable. Like their, Whoa. their emotional expression was rejected either by parents or early experiences and maybe have developed as a defense mechanism a kind of a flat emotional state or have learned that like emotional expression is dangerous or not accepted by mm. others. Mm-hmm. If that is the case for you, if any of that is relatable at all, then it could be helpful to speak to a therapist or any other yeah. person that would provide you with a healthy relationship to accept whatever emotion it is that you, maybe it's all of them, whatever emotions you find uh, unacceptable to other people or you have difficulty expressing. Sure. And you can take some real time to like exercise. What does joy sound like? And what does sadness sound like? Yeah, we were just warming <laughs> yeah, up for the podcast exactly. doing exactly this. And like push yourself to a silly point where it's like, okay, that's it's so, ridiculous. so theatrical and yeah. like no one ever actually talks like that. But that's kind of like a stretch to your muscle that like get it to its limit of what your voice can do. And then you're warmed up and you're like willing to do minor fluctuations in it rather right. than being that rigid like everything is at this level and this is all that I talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. And also varying... Uh, sentence structure and length. Mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of fits into the Neil deGrasse Tyson thing of like, or Yoda some, or Yoda. <laughs> Very, those two are kindred spirits. <laughs> Imagine a day in central park with NGT and Yoda. Oh my God. I'm just imagining Neil deGrasse Tyson's hair and mustache on Yoda. That's all I can see right now. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It's really nice. <laughs> I hope Yoda does season two of cosmos. I heard uh, that they might not do it because of the, uh, me too accusations against, NGT, but I think that they're going to do it. I know some animators who were working on it and they've been posting like it's happening. I got the inside scoop for (laughs) y'all. What are they going to call the movement of (coughs) men who have been accused? Oh, for like me too. Instead of me too. Um, not me. (laughs) 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 I don't know. (laughs) Me three. Uh, I like that. I like that. Not me. Not me. It's Wait, funny. like men who have been accused and then cleared of it in the public court? I, I mean, I guess it's or, just like a bunch of men sitting around being like, I also was accused of this. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> here's my horrible story. of. Being, I mean, I have a friend who yeah. um, it, was wrongly accused. Yeah. And that's a horrible position I don't want to belittle of that pain. Of course. Just because it's terrible and worse for somebody to be raped in that situation. It doesn't yes. mean that a person who is wrongfully accused, like that can be... Yeah, there's no point in the Pain yeah. Olympics of like, well, just because something's worse, then you don't get to feel bad. Like if if your reputation Ugh. and if your 
And like, if you lose relationships and like people can kill themselves over that, like yeah, that's absolutely totally. can be a terrible thing to. Yes. Um, I'm not trying to belittle the Me Too moment movement. However, Me neither. Me neither. Oh, Just, what was that episode of South Park where it was like everyone who had offended someone on some grand public stage? It was like uh, Michael uh, Michael Richards, is that the right name? The guy who played oh, Kramer. Oh, yeah. And it was on Jeopardy, People Who Annoy You, right? <laughs> that one. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it was, was like that? anyone who had used the N word, they like were racist against those people. Like, we don't take Conley to your con. Yeah, 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 yeah. What were they yeah. what was that called? Do you remember that title? Um I don't either. Whatever. I don't know. I remember the central joke yeah. and the premise of it, but the titles of the episodes kind of elude me. I don't memorize them. Yeah, right. Sure, sure, sure. So so what? Did we finish Next, the... Oh. <laughs> you hear that storm This on the is the slowest lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> this is like lightning round in slow motion. Okay. Tater Tot 94 <laughs> says... <laughs> young young Tater Tot, only 25 years old, <laughs> says... Little Actually, get this. Would it be weird to give my 25 female boss, 40 female, so she was born in 94, um, boss is 40 years old and female... Would it be weird to give my boss a plant on my last day of work since she gave me one of hers? I moved the beginning of August as a housewarming gift. My boss gave me a plant she's had for a few years. She repotted it and everything. It was such a nice gift. Well, I put in my two weeks notice because I found a better, more flexible and better paying job. She was supportive of my decision and is even trying to get some of my vacation days cashed out. Totally unnecessary, but... Shows how good of a boss she is. Mm -hmm. I was thinking of writing her a thank you note and giving her a little plant on my last day to show my appreciation towards her. Do you think she'd find this weird or excessive? I want to maintain a good relationship with her moving forward. Thanks. Fuck yeah. Give that bitch a plant. Clearly she wants a plant. Yeah, she's giving you a plant. She, she People give the gifts that they want to receive. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. She's looking for a plant. There's nothing weird Don't about that. Don't give her the same plant back. That'll be <laughs> that'll be misinterpreted right, as, right. you know, some type of guilt on your part for having taken the plant. And like, yeah. I, like the plant meant a contract to work yeah. there for longer. Yeah. So don't even think about that. Keep that plant she gave you. Don't like rub your butthole all over it. That would the only thing that would make that gift weird. Don't rub your butthole all over the plant that she gave you and give it back to her. I can't even, I, I wish that you hadn't suggested that in your question, <laughs> Tater Tot 94. I wish it wasn't implied. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty obvious subtext, but. <laughs> yeah. Please yeah. find, find something else to rub on something else and give that to yeah. her. No, I think that's a what great kind of, idea. What kind of plant should she give? Ooh, good question. Yeah. Maybe a f- fern. That was just the first plant that came to my mind. Okay. I'm going to say. Thanks for nothing. A ZZ just plant kidding. would be good. Oh, what's that? Um, spelled, I believe, Z-Z-Y-Z-Z-X or something. Mm. It's got a strange spelling. It's got like four Z's in it. What uh, does that plant look like? It's uh, stalks with little leaves coming out of them. Like it's a oh. green stalk. And then there's kind of a oval leaf coming out of it with a point every like two inches apart. You've seen wow, it. Wow, that's a really I have, detailed description. I have one in my uh, okay. bedroom behind my computer. Oh, okay. I mean, give her something that's not too much of a chore to take care of. The thing that about would be them that's thing. great is you water them like once a month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that's the perfect idea. And I yeah. think compliment, uh, yeah, complimenting it with something that 
uh, is to the effect of what you shared with us about how much you appreciated the yeah. gestures that she I has done in your leaving. A concise explanation of why you wanted to give her the plant because yeah. she's been such a cool boss or however you word that. that thanks would for be helping me grow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, Something thanks for like looking that. out for me. Yeah. Um, all of that, like what you said about her trying to get you cash in those vacation days, this shows that you appreciate yeah. this person. Yeah. You can even just say, I really appreciate you. Here's a token. of." And that. sorry, I'm leaving. Oh, <laughs> lightning round, lightning round. <laughs> uh, it is over. <laughs> <laughs> the end of that. Abruptly. Fantastic. <laughs> the storm is cleared. The children are playing in the streets. Oh my God. All right. You ready Here for comes the, the sun. The final question of the episode. Fudge, Yes. If you're getting sad, you know that the episode is ending. I want to remind you, Aww, we have like 21 other episodes in the backlog. Yeah. You don't need to listen to them in any order. The people of you who are thinking you need to start the on episode one, <laughs> the guys, the people inside the folks, of you, the fans in the club who say episode one, episode two, you got to go through them sequentially. I think you're really do you. You're allowed to skip around, right? This isn't like yeah. a Boney Vera album where you have to start. On episode one, and then move yourself slowly. Only once you get episode one can you go on to the next. No, 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 just just fucking listen to the newest shit or like whatever title you think is yeah. amusing or relevant to you, and just play that. Listen to yeah. one twice in a row before you hear another one. I don't give a fuck. Just do you, okay? It's it's not like yes. If you listen to them chronologically, you'd probably witness some type of artistic Evolution. growth. Yeah, you probably see oh me. Oh my and god, we so different really? now. Oh my yeah. god, metamorphosis. <laughs> You'd hear Morgan turn into an Asian caricature in real time. Oh, yeah, you did. You might not have I can't wait until we start doing a YouTube like, channel so people can see the expressions that I make when right, you say things like right. that. Because you're actually making I don't, a black face and there's a real contrast going on. Guys, my shock is unparalleled right now. No, you remember that old Mad TV sketch of uh, you look like a man? Um, that was my favorite Ms. one to Swan. do an impression of Miss Swan. Miss Swan, I did the best today. fucking Miss Swan you <laughs> ever knew. People asked me to do it all the time. I was so good. Did you know that uh, Alex Borstein is Lois on Family Guy? Miss Swan is You're fucking is Lois. kidding. Why yeah. are you really asking me that question? Uh, you knew that, I yes, guess? Yes, of course. Okay, do you know how many of the uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Family Guy DVD commentaries I've listened to? Almost all of them. I had no idea that you even oh watched God, Family Guy. Oh my God, I was a huge Family Guy fan. That makes and sense. And a huge Alex Borstein fan. Of a bro. <laughs> like, of course you love Family Guy. <laughs> and I love Alex Borstein specifically. Like, Ms. Swan, oh, such a special place in my heart. I really liked uh, Nicole Sullivan. Oh, yeah, she was great. Yeah, Antonia really was a great character. Yeah, yeah. A little underrated. Yeah. I liked Stuart. Stuart was great. Who was that actor? Michael McDonald? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, he was in uh, Austin Powers, too. Yes, the guy the who got run over or like, ah, oh, <laughs> couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the really slow coming towards him. Mm -hmm. Oh, great stuff. Great stuff. Okay. Anyway, the final question now that you've <sighs> properly grieved and remember yeah. that we're going to come back next week. Okay. This isn't like over forever. You still have the backlog and there's other ways to find pictures of each of us online. If you're really just and, craving that content yeah, and, and, and you can just talk to yourself about our content or about yourself. something completely different or the friends that you've been listening to with at your free advice, uh, weekly listening club every Wednesday at <laughs> two thirty PM. We encourage you to start your own. <laughs> yeah. If you're not doing that yet, it's honestly the optimal way to listen to the content. Get yourself some tea, sit around, take your shoes off, kick them up on the table, make eye contact, put your arms behind your head, grin, and listen to the episode. <laughs> and take us up the ass. <laughs> take us up the butt. <laughs> Monkey7 
M-U-N-K-Y-7 asks, how do I sit and learn for hours? Whoa. I didn't have school or a job for two years. Now I got a job doing programming, but I sit in front of the computer for five minutes and I can't do anymore. I just have this feeling that I want to do something else. I had anxiety and depression, but that's all behind me now as of last month. And especially... (laughs) I couldn't. I couldn't. I'm so sorry. I couldn't do it. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) And especially with Kratom, it's all one. Especially with Kratom, I believe it's pronounced. It's like, um, it's slightly like alcohol. I believe it's like a green powder that is a, uh, it's a drug that's popular in Southeast Asia, I believe. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, some people report. I thought it was going to be a programming language. <laughs> no, I think it's like an alternative to alcohol, in that it's kind of similar in the buzz that it gives people, but it's more safe. I think. Okay. It like, yeah, it's not as well studied or documented, but some people say that it has like fewer addictive qualities or less of a hangover or other things like that. So, do you think this person is writing from a different? Where do you think they're writing us from? I know people in the U.S. that do that, so oh, okay. I don't think that I've it's never heard necessarily. Of it. Yeah, well, we go not that that, that means do it doesn't exist, because I've does, not heard yeah. of a lot of things. <laughs> I believe it might also be pronounced kratum in the like the same way that it's ukulele, but everyone says ukulele. So, you know, do you want to be that guy who's kratum? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, fuck you. I'm not sure, or kratum, anyway. or you know, it could be a number of things that I, I'm not that familiar with it. Got it. Um, and especially with kratum, it's all wonderful. I just have this little problem now that I'm not able to focus in code. Does anyone have any solutions to this? The fact that I didn't have any structure for two years adds to the mm. problem. Now I feel that I need full control of myself. Like I want to be doing nothing so that I'm in control. When I'm coding, I can't do whatever I want. Although what I want to do is code and play video <laughs> games. <laughs> what now? Well, that's fascinating. Although what I want to do is code and play video games. I don't have patience to play a video game for more than five minutes. What do I do? I have more to say. If you want to hear it, you can comment. Okay. Uh, first, I just want to explain myself why I laughed when he said he had anxiety <laughs> and depression, but okay. not anymore. Okay. Um, Go ahead. Many times I have told myself, woohoo, I'm done with this mental illness. His and then it hits me so much harder. And then I'm like, why is this happening? I thought I was done. And then I feel really bad at my, about myself. And then every time I'm like, oh, because it's never over. It's something you manage for your whole life. Mm-hmm. So, Robert, would you like to say something? I'm sorry. I called you who? Robert. Sorry, what? Who? Uh, Rob? Roberto? <laughs> yeah. Robeasy. Robeasy, yeah. Robeasy. Do I want to say something? Yeah. About, um, yeah. To monkey. Yeah. I think, um, the expression that's all behind me now as of last month, maybe, um, a bit of denial of the potential to relapse into dangerous thinking and like to not see it on a continuum. Like right, exactly. a manageable amount of anxiety isn't chronic anxiety. It's just fear or like a manageable amount of depression that's temporary is just like, um, tiredness or like a desire Melancholy. to chill for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And that's, uh, that's okay. And not something that needs to be treated. Um, it's when that those feelings are overwhelming and get in the way of you doing things that are necessary for you to love or work that it becomes a uh, a problem that you need to more immediately sure. take care of and sure. find solutions to. And um, I think Morgan and I agree, like, it's possible that this is behind you forever. 
Um, I don't know what you did last month, but I hope it was, I hope it was that. Keep it up. Obviously it's working. Um, but it does, it's hard to maintain parts that, (laughs) that it's just good forever now because yeah. Yeah. Every time I've thought I've, I've arrived and I finally figured it out and life's going to be easy from now on. (laughs) That's never true. (laughs) There's just something new comes along. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. 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 So, and it's not to say like, so throw your hands up in the air and go, nothing works, but it's like, you have to kind of diligently, patiently apply the lessons that you've learned and accept the fact that you will have relapses and then you will have a, be stronger when you Mm -hmm. pick yourself back up. Um, but I think let's get to the core of this question. The question, the title was, how do I sit and learn for hours? And it seems like the problem here is after five minutes of doing some computer programming, you have this strong urge to get up and do something else. I can relate to that. Yeah. Things that I really love and want to do. And as soon as I like sit down to start playing piano, for instance, I'm like, oh, I need to do something else. This is like, ooh, this is killing me. Um, Extreme boredom or just interest in other things gets so strong when I've given myself an assignment like that. I think it's really important to to remember why you started programming and maybe write that down and try to connect it, like visualize the end goal before you start the thing that you're practicing. That's great advice. Thank you. Um, because it's that's the kind of ammunition that you need when you get into that internal argument with yourself of like, well, I could just get up and do something else. Yeah. You know, I don't really need to stay here. It's like touching back into that version of yourself that you want to be in the future that mm. needs to work on exercising this muscle. Um, and in your case, the muscle would be elongating the period of time where you can do this um, very sort of mentally heavy, fatiguing kind of work. Yes. Uh, another tool that I think is really helpful is setting a timer for an amount of time that you mm. have learned is acceptable to you. Yeah. And sticking to stopping when the timer goes off. Cause it's, it's terrible to constantly be interrupted by the thought of, should I decide to quit now? That slows you down so much of, if mm. you, if you have an open-ended task and you get to decide how long you work on it, then you will, the resistance in you, whenever you hit a, a difficult moment, will go back to the question of like, oh, it might have been enough time to stop now, right? But if you depend on an outside source for that, for instance, a timer, preferably one outside of your phone, because if you're fiddling with your phone, there's a right. chance that you go into that. and A really good chance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you buy yourself like a $8 egg timer on Amazon, yeah, um, then put that next to the place where you're programming and just set it for... If Try six minutes. If Try something yeah. more manageable, like manageable, exactly. but a stretch. Right. Try if it's five minutes, like set it for five minutes and make that a great ass five minutes. And then if that doesn't seem like you're getting anywhere with it, um, make it a little bit longer the next day or take breaks and do another five minutes after a five minute break, like break it up and build slowly towards what you're going to trying to go for four hours immediately is a recipe for just quitting and doing nothing. It's much better to do five minutes a day for a year than try and do 10 hours for one day and you get through an hour and stop. The other thing that I would say is when you are in these focus periods where you're trying to program and then you, you're like, okay, I'm going to stop now, get up and do something physical, do something very opposite. Mm -hmm. Uh, get something that gets blood flowing into your brain, like eat something, run around, just change where the blood is flowing. Um, interrupt that pattern, like make the most of that little break time so that you 
are kind of then again ready to sit down and use your eyes and focus. Yes. Uh, Although interrupting programming in this kind of stop start way probably isn't the most conducive to like really solving a deep problem. Sure. Neither of us are particularly talented or skilled programmers or practice. No, I took one. I took like one class in college where I had to program. Yeah. It was hard and did require lots of like long hours, but I did actually find myself able to get lost in it. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually don't really have this problem. I have sort of an opposite problem, which is that I have trouble getting my, having that internal conversation where I get myself to start a task. But once I've started, I can sustain focus for quite a while. So I don't, have that much to say that's productive for this guy. Well, I'd like to recommend Monkey 7 check out the work of Gabor Mate. He's a Canadian doctor who um, has written some books on ADHD, and Mm. his theory is basically that um, if you are a sensitive person who suffers trauma as a child and you don't get to properly heal from that trauma, you will constantly look for... um, distractions to uh, keep you stimulated in a way that allows you to avoid the pain Uh, that is inside of you. And so he believes that ADHD can be cured by um, emotional catharsis and essentially therapy for trauma, which is a word that he defines very broadly. It could be trauma of like somebody hitting you. It could be trauma of somebody being absent or you having a need that is unmet by your parents. Mm -hmm. Um, I was considering whether or not I had ADHD for a while and uh, I found his work very compelling and it caused me to look into like, all right, did I have me needs that were unmet and maybe, um, maybe my distractibility or my constant needs for novelty are the result of that. Um, so that's something that I've been exploring and, uh, yeah, I think that there's a, a pretty compelling body of evidence that he uses to, uh, support this theory. Uh, but it is not one that uh, the pharmaceutical industry profits off of. So it's right. not a mainstream, yeah. uh, something that doctors will recommend to you, likely. I now remember the connection between what? this and the first question yeah. uh, about distractions. Yeah. So I think that for uh, that first question asker's problem of how do I get through something that's a hard time? Mm-hmm. The essence of that is Brianna Mignon. Brianna Mignon um, is the passing, just distracting yourself enough so that you can pass the time and then the circumstances change on their own and then they become less painful. Whereas this is kind of like distractions are inherently an avoidance of something that's not going to go away, but will become worse with continued avoidance. Does, is that, do you feel like that's, yeah, I would not have given Brianna that advice that you did. I think, mm. um, I think that escapism, if it's chronic or if it, distraction is, I think like uh, compulsive escapism for, I don't think, I don't necessarily think that. I think that it, okay. Well, like for me, when I've gotten lost in uh, rumination, depressive thinking, yeah it's not helpful for me to keep going around in those circles and to just introduce a new stimulus is much more productive because it kind of restarts my brain versus to continue to steep myself in negative thinking that isn't getting me anywhere and is just revving the engine. Um, I think distraction is not compulsive. I think it's actually very hard 
to introduce a new stimulus when you're coming from that position. And it's helpful because it gets you out of that pit. This I is think very tater different. tot 94 or no, sorry. <laughs> Who are we talking to? Monkey seven. <laughs> Monkey seven is not talking about, uh, ruminating and then no 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 but brianna might have been so that's why i gave her the advice in that context in this context i I agree with you that it's an emotional distraction that he's not choosing but it's right it's it's uh the difference between trying to bring in an external stimulus to pull you out of something internal versus constantly battling your own in uh nagging internal stimulus of i'm gonna stop i want to stop programming i want to do something else i want to da 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 it's you have to exercise the exact opposite muscle, yes. digging yourself out of something versus keeping yourself in it. Um, I think that it also may be a function of all or nothing, but thinking or uh, a belief that your code has to be perfect. Hmm. And I don't know whether I think code may actually have to be perfect. It's like not like a script <laughs> where I can tell myself, yeah, like okay, so I've had this problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've had this problem in writing where like I sit down, I have two hours chunked away to write a script, and I sit down, and five minutes into it, I'm like, oh, this is this hurts. Why don't mm. I go for a run instead? Why don't I watch TV? I've been meaning to play video games anyway. Like some of the same uh-huh. stuff that you're saying, monkey. And um, what's helped me is to take a deep breath, close my eyes and then reframe it from, I have to write something good to my goal is now to write something bad. It is totally okay. Like it's just to write something and let that be the worst possible thing. And I can edit it later. I think if you have a very high standard for your code, this may be a useful technique to like write bad code first and then fix all the bugs and typos in it afterwards. I don't know. You may need to talk to a coder about yeah. that. But if this is a problem that comes up, you ask, how do I sit yeah. and learn for hours? This probably yeah. doesn't just come up with code. Right. Um, maybe you're attached to a certain idea of you needing to be the best or for it to be perfect. And as soon as that doesn't immediately, uh, you don't get that immediate feedback as you start something. Um, maybe that's what frustrates you and yeah. causes you to disengage from it. So exercising your frustration tolerance is basically mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Yes. And sitting in that feeling of I'm really frustrated right now and it feels like I'm maybe banging my head against the wall. I'd rather be doing something else that yields more of a productive result immediately. Cause I, what I know from coding is it's hard. It takes a really long time. And sometimes you spend hours and hours and hours and hours looking for just the solution to a problem, tinkering with stuff, getting absolutely nowhere, breaking other shit. Like it's extremely frustrating and time consuming. And then sometimes you won't even find a solution to the Mm. problem. Um, so it's a really big, really complex puzzle. And so that's going to inherently be frustrating and you're going to need to take breaks. Um, but I think the best, I think my personal instinct into the best advice we can give you is to gradually stretch that window of tolerance yes. of, okay, I can sit and code for five minutes. Fuck yeah. It's better than three minutes. Okay. Now I'm going to set that timer for six minutes. Fuck yeah. And actually get up, reward yourself, do some jumping jacks, sit back down with a little renewed energy. Make sure you have a sip of water. You can even have some sort of ritual to that process of coming back to it that feels pleasurable. Um, Thus incentivizing your body and your brain to want to sit back down and do it. You can even use something as simple as like, you know, after you make your amount of time, like six minutes and then seven minutes and eight minutes, have a little Hershey kiss. Something that just connects the experience to getting to the end of a predefined 
period with something pleasurable. I think sugar also is linked up in ADHD in a, in a dangerous mm, way. Okay. Picking a, uh, a sweet as your feedback is, I think what gives a lot of kids problems and like, I have a big conspiracy uh, theory sure. about how this has happened. But okay, so rub would, your tummy and say something nice about yourself. Yeah. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, um, a little snack could be okay though, or, but specifically candy, I think, could make you more distractible to like get in that uh, sugar blood sugar swings. That I think it could be hard to sustain focus. Based, on let's that. go back to the substance that he said he was using. Kratom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, how does that impact this? How do you think that impacts this? Is he saying that when he uses the mm. substance, it extends his ability to do the activity? He says, and uh, that's, I had anxiety and depression, but that's all behind me now as of last month. And especially oh. with Kratom, it's all wonderful. I just have oh. this little problem now that I'm not able to focus and code. Does anyone have any solutions to this? I, I think it's not a little problem. I think you got uh, to uh, recognize this as a potentially serious problem. Yeah. Because um, you do have, with the anxiety and depression, often those layers sit on top. And once those are cleared, because they are sort of the more pressing things, yeah. once those are cleared, other problems emerge. Mm. And they, don't, they aren't necessarily smaller. This could be much bigger. Yeah. I don't, this could take much longer to practice fixing. I mean, if we're going the Gaber Mate route, I think that the depression and anxiety and the distractibility could all have the so same, related. same root. They could oh, all yeah. have oh, the yeah. same unmet, unmet need that you had in childhood or somewhere along the way of something that you probably have an emotion about that you're not allowing yourself to express or feel fully. And maybe if you uncovered that with some time in therapy or talking things over with friends or, or yeah. even um, an interest in art that uh, seems to speak to the issues that like it really, well, that hit something in the core of me and then follow up with books on that subject. Yeah. Um, it maybe then all three of these issues would, you'd find them dissipate. And maybe we could even tease apart further. You could get some more information uh, by trying to do something unlike coding for five yeah, minutes, yeah. like just sitting and breathing. Hey, now we're talking. Right. Because What's then you'll called? get a sense of one might call it meditating. <laughs> okay. Or one might be super patronizing by pointing that out. <laughs> what? Oh, come on. Yeah. Yo. No, I'm just kidding. Hey. Um, hey. 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 Hey now. Hey guys. Um, <laughs> anyway, the, yeah. the point I was trying to make is, um, Try to do something that's less difficult than programming for yeah. that same amount of time that you that you find yourself tipping over into I want to do something else, and that could allow you to see more clearly the voice that's trying to talk you out of doing the programming because mm -hmm. the voice that's trying to talk you out of the programming has a very compelling argument, which is programming is fucking hard. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to do something like sitting and breathing then that voice has to come up with a whole new excuse for why we shouldn't be doing this thing. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to reveal itself as like, oh, okay, that's the same tone. That's the same cadence yeah. as that voice that was trying to talk me out of that other thing. What if I just played with not listening to it? Right. Yeah. I, I think that, that uh, giving it a voice, like making it into a character that you can, um, you can have it a feeling about that character. I call it the resistance 
Um, and I think mm. of it like a little the mouse. <laughs> yeah, not like the cool French resistance. I think <laughs> of it as like the the opposite of hate or the opposite of love, kind of like the thing that mm. keeps me from pursuing things that are good is the resistance. It's and like, it's this mouse that's always like. To, yes, it's a mouse yeah. in my head. And uh, I, I've learned this tactic of turn up its voice very loud and listen to exactly what it's saying. Give it like one minute when you recognize yeah. it. And uh, so that you've identified it. And then put it in a jar and screw the lid tight and listen to it just get muted um, in your mind. Just have that little visualization of, okay, that's what I just did to that resistance voice. And picturing that really does help me. Yes. Um, And then, yeah. Especially the listening part first. Even writing that out. Like, what is the resistance telling me? What would be so bad? And follow that for... Of course, you can use that as its own distraction of like following it down the rabbit hole. But if you're an artist, that can be like some great work can be made by being inspired by your anxiety or your resistance, sharing that. And other people are like, oh, yeah, I totally have that, too. Yeah. But you're not. You're a coder. And that's um, that's good. We need you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what I was thinking, too, and I sometimes give this advice of like once you put that mouse or that voice in a jar, yeah. you can imagine yourself putting it on a shelf near you where mm. anytime you're tempted to have that voice re-enter your head, you remind yourself, no, no, it's over there. Because often what that voice is trying to get you to do is pay attention to something that seems like it's important for your survival. So it, it, it creates this role for itself where it makes itself seem like it's needed. And yeah. if you just remind yourself, I've put it on pause, I don't need it right now, and it's right over there where I can see it, and I can always pick it up if I need it again, but for now I'm just gonna let it be over mm-hmm. there. That can be helpful. Yeah. It can be like an id. It's like anything that mm-hmm. doesn't give us immediate gratification is a threat. So mm-hmm. it's trying to defend you from that by like just suggesting, oh, oh what if you ate some candy instead? Like, <laughs> wouldn't that be better? Yeah, yeah, this is painful. We don't want any kind of momentary discomfort. Right. But you know that in the long right. run, you do. it's worse if you're just eating candy and you're not doing any recoding. That causes more suffering. So you have to take that wisdom to that little voice. And remind it. So that's why I think it's a good idea to write down your end goal of what do you want from programming? How would you feel if you were a successful programmer and you finished the project that you started? What would that feel like? Really imagine that, write it out, and maybe read over that before you're about to sit down to code. And I think that that's going to make it easier to keep uh, the importance of it in mind. Sometimes I also uh, encourage people to imagine uh, one step further from what you're saying mm. is, is to imagine yourself as that future version yeah. that has made the right choices and reached that Ooh. goal. And that person visits you Thank and them. you get to have a conversation yeah. with them and they tell you, you ask them, okay, what was the key to your success? What kept you going? Um, and that just distancing yourself that much from asking yourself that question gives it the objective distance where your intuition can fill in the blank of like, what do I really need to do to accomplish this yeah, goal? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Sounds like kind of like, um, I heard this idea of like dating your future self. <laughs> Sounds kind of like that. Sounds wacky. Tell me yeah. more. I don't know. But if you're in San Francisco on September 20th <laughs> at 8 p.m., come on down to the exit theater where uh, Rob Zaleski is going to be performing One Heart. Oh, what's it called? <laughs> one Hump Heart. One Hump Heart. <laughs> one Hump Heart. Contrary to this advertisement, <laughs> it's a very good show, and Rob knows What's all wrong? about it. He knows all the words to the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
This is interesting because I think this uh, is the first time you've voluntarily plugged your own show. Oh, really? I've I've asked you, do you want to do it a few times? Oh, really? And it's interesting that you've chosen this moment. I love it. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Why? I mean, I'm it was very relevant to the advice you just gave. It's not totally. like out of nowhere. It's basically what I did in that show is totally. imagine future you and what yeah. wisdom does he have for you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I wasn't like looking for an opportunity to plug my San Francisco oh, show. But like how sweet that I'm going up and doing it in San Francisco. Yeah, it's fucking um, dope. Yeah, so we should probably say goodbye to Monkey 7 and now. And stop monkeying around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whenever I start up this Ohm Writer app, it's an app that's meant to let you write, write and I think program too. Um, <laughs> well, like it, it's, you know, specialized for that, I believe as well. Um, you know, there's like difference between Microsoft Word and some type of coding text wrangler or whatever. Sure. Anyway, Ohm Writer is like, say goodbye to the monkey mind mm. whenever you start it up because it's saying like, normally your computer puts you into a monkey mind where you swing from vine to vine automatically. Oh, I see. And this is like allowing you to rest on one vine. And then as soon as you close it, it's like, welcome back, monkey mind. So the idea is that this program only lets you use a s one yeah, certain application. Yeah, it's full screen, blocks all notifications, and you can't like see your toolbar or anything. It's like, it's just the text and you on the screen. That's the idea behind Ohm Writer, O-M-M Writer. They charge a minimum of $4.11 because of some Sanskrit or Jewish tradition, I don't know, <laughs> where people are like fucking, they gift you an odd number of, of coin so that you donate the change oh. away. They like give you a, a birthday gift of four bucks and 11 yeah. cents because then you have to find someone else to give the 11 cents to. And the idea is like whenever you're given a gift, you pay it forward. So anyway, that's what this podcast it is. And if that advice helped you, <laughs> please share it with somebody else who may be struggling with a similar issue or another issue that you've already conquered. Yeah, or like, if, share the love of Kratom. Just spread the gospel of Kratom to the world. And literally write us and tell us what it is. Yeah. That would be great. And how you pronounce it. Yeah. Because we're trying to learn too is for more ukulele? than five minutes. Yeah. We like to just talk over each other sometimes because we're both too committed to the sentence we're saying to abandon it. I don't think it's a problem. I don't think it's a problem either. It's not recurring enough that it is frustrating. But you tell us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, People can pick their favorite speaker and listen to that one at the moment <laughs> we're both speaking. Yeah, actually, you could listen to the whole podcast twice. Once you only listen to Rob and yeah. once you only listen to Morgan. Yeah. It's in mono, so it's going to be tough to like just shut off your right speaker and only hear Rob or vice versa. If we paid for the extra Podbean uh, <laughs> podcasting package that lets yeah. you upload stereo files. And, you know, if we ever start like putting music into the podcast, maybe we'll do that. But right now we're just in mono. And uh, yeah, there is music. And in fact, oh, what's that? Oh, wow. <gasps> Sounds like a gentle wind at Christmas time, doesn't it? <laughs> Sounds like a gentle it's Christmas wind. It's much harder wind. to imagine when you're not hearing it, but you guys are hearing it and listen to that Christmas no, wind. No, I hear it. I hear it because I believe. Uh, Morgan don't believe in Santa Claus. Don't be like Morgan, kids. You'll get a whole sock full of coal. you get a sock coal. tired than you right now so i don't give a fuck she don't even fuck
choice to be obnoxious. <laughs> and only I can only control my behavior. My behavior this is so not obnoxious. It's going to be very soothing. It's going to fuck you in. But if they're on the road, they need to stay awake.